Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to the Large Guys Podcast, another edition of Fight Bites. I'm your host, Joseph Kirai, and we are here to talk about the UFC 272 pay-per-view coming to you live this Saturday night. Is it, where, where's it being held? Is it in Miami? T-Mobile Arena. Uh, it's in Vegas. Oh, Vegas. Coming to you live in Las Vegas, Nevada. There's your plug, Dana. Send us some money. <laughs> And uh, let's start a working relationship here. Please, please. So then, I, then I won't have to illegally stream your pay-per-views. Anyway, we are joined once again as we were at the end of last year. I think it was the end of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys remember, that was uh, Oliveira's card, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so Oliveira um, took out one of their, their heroes, one of those corny white boys that um, happens to you know, step in the cage every so often um their their boy got choked out so uh this time around there's another corny white boy in in the main event but he's a lot more entertaining than most of the corny white boys so it'll be interesting but yeah we are joined once again by kyle and jeremy kyle we'll start with you how you doing how you been pretty good man i just literally got back from miami for my second year anniversary with my wife and baby so you know and you know i met up with uh, jorge and the and kobe chad for a bit see what how they're doing and you know it's pretty good pretty good i'm, I'm a blessed man i'll say that congrats on uh you, two two years two years man, man time flies fun. man two years two years and you got a kid too i know right that's crazy yeah. but that's good to hear uh how how is miami i'm sure the weather is beautiful down there Oh, yeah, it was great, man. It was uh, weather. Weather was nice. Um, real crowded. You know, their traffic is horrible. That's I think it's worse in Houston. It's worse That's in Houston. here, actually. It's because they only uh, have uh, like two lane freeways, man. Oh, uh, that's why. I oh, yeah. God. It, Honestly, it, that that is that is an East Coast thing. Like anywhere I've been on the East Coast, three lanes is the most I've seen on the freeway. It's kind of uh, wild. Yeah. It, it it was wild. Like most of the. Most of just the time, like a 20 minute, like a two mile trip should have took forever, man. Like, or if I had to go to Little Havana, it took me about 40 minutes to get there. That's the way. And it's about, that's about a 10 mile trip. So could be wrong, but yeah. Yeah. It's it's, your uh, cigar fix. Oh yeah. I smoked a lot of cigars. There Um, you go. Yeah. It's uh. I gotta admit, I went to this one cigar place like three times, and the guy. It's funny because I was wearing the same shirt every time. I was wearing a Hawaiian shirt that I would just <laughs> take off and on at the beach, but I would go to the same cigar shop. <laughs> he started recognizing me. He's like, "Hey, you? Yeah, yeah, you're back again." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm back again." And you know, I, I let's just say I ended up spending uh, too much money over there. Yeah. Shout out to, um, Little Havana. Cuban Cigar Factory. So. There you go. There you go. Yeah, if, if you don't want to send us business. some money too, because we plugged you guys. Yeah. yeah. We can start some. All right, uh, Jeremy, how you doing? How you been? I, I know you uh, just came back from your workout. So. Yes, still training. Um, Sammy's Muay Thai. I got the hoodie on. Represent. Hey, man, hey, if, if Sammy wants to come on the pod, man. Honestly, he'd be down, like. Hey, next time you're in Houston, drop in and I'll introduce y'all. 
Let's do it. Uh, I'll, I'll be home for the rodeo, I think, in like two or three weeks. Okay, you got to drop in for a class too, though. Hey, hey, if you <laughs> drop in, Joseph, Joseph, you drop it. Dude, you better keep this on the recording. If you drop in, I'll drop in with you, man. Okay. All right. So so you're, since you're dropping in and you're with me, your first class is free. All right. Then. You won't pay a dime. I got all the gear. Don't worry about it. And – I'll say it. this is not to um, I'm not trying to like throw shade at your girlfriend, but since TJ has been to a class, I feel like she has. Right. She's been to like one or two of them. OK, if, if she's been to a class, I feel like there's no excuse for me. No, there's not. <laughs> so, OK, I mean, I think I'm more likely at this point to do a class there than to do a shoey. So, oh, I got to first, first off, I got to give a big shout out to my boy, to my boy, Charles Delinta. This man for the last UFC pay-per-view, we both went for Tai Tuivasa. And then the next morning I got a video of him, a man of his word. He literally told me if Ty knocks out uh, Derek Lewis, he would do a shoey. And a man of his word, he sent me a out video of, out of one of his shoey. La like literally right after the pay-per-view ended i woke up to that text and i was like wow respect well, uh, him. Respect. charles has a lot of nice shoes too respect jeez dude yeah i can't dude i can't <laughs> although although if if tai tuivasa were to send me one of his little shoey vases because those look like they're clean right all right, like, all right. because you didn't do done. one you didn't do a shoey the last paper last last pay-per-view if Tai Tuivasa wins the title, we have okay. we're gonna you have to do a shoey out of a random shoe I find in a closet. That's fine. I see. Like for me, the reason why I didn't want to do it then is because I didn't want to use any of my shoes. But if it's someone else's shoe, you'll do it. Yeah, which is even worse. If you think <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Tai Tuivasa does some rent, total strangers. He did like I think he did like two or three last last time, like I swear he did one in the ring and then a couple when he was walking back. Oh gosh, <laughs> pretty gross, man. I mean, this man's immune immune system's got to be like top tier. Yeah, yeah. C COVID just dies when it enters. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. If it comes near him, like what is this? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Oh, okay, you sent the video. Bet I'll yeah, watch. I sent all the video, but what do you call it? Still out here training, uh, working. Other than that, everything's pretty much the same. Bet, bet, bet. All right. Well, let's just hop into it. That was oh, I have fake teeth now. So oh, you got veneers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nice. You, you have you veneers. My left things. front tooth. I was holding. Um, pads for one of the amateur fighters and it was a mixture of him not holding back and me being like super tired and lazy and um i basically got elbowed in the face and it chipped my left front tooth they had to extract it so my left front tooth is now fake so uh yeah, it's pretty good though i can't yeah. tell so this is actually still a temporary oh okay yeah, they haven't put the real one in i get the real yeah. one in two weeks Wow. I think I would have to be really up close to like really notice it. Yeah. That's what a lot of people are saying. So I'm just like, okay, cool. We're good. My dentist is yeah, doing a good job. Uh, Shout out to uh, Dr. Bashore. Wear a mouth guard, guys. 
even when you're where even when you're holding pads depending on how good you are <laughs> at least yeah. it's a good story at least like the way you lost your tooth was like fighting wise because i'm sure there's a lot of people out there that chip their tooth because they like couldn't walk straight or got hit <laughs> by a door or yeah. something or you know but yeah man, <laughs> veneers, and veneers a hey, because i i market for dentists so i know veneers are not cheap yeah <laughs> they, I have they to... a lot of good money off veneers yeah most of my tax return went to paying off that tooth but it's all good so okay yeah so we're 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 straight yeah sounds about right all right well yeah we're uh we're gonna hop into it um as i was telling you guys off air this is this is an underrated card i was looking at it and i was getting really excited for for a lot of these fights um i was telling kyle that there are some names in like the prelims early prelims that um i actually do recognize um but and we're not necessarily going to run it you know fight by fight but looking at the early prelims and the prelims is there any fight that kind of like jumps off the map for you that you're really excited that you guys want to talk about i am very surprised on the prelim card that uh marina rodriguez is on the prelims and not on the main card because i think she's supposed to get the next title shot in the strawweight division Am I am I wrong with that saying that? No, I don't think you're wrong. I think, but in terms of star power, you know, just a casual fan doesn't know who she is. That's true. But um, she did beat she de- she did beat Mackenzie Dern, Waters, uh, the Karate Hottie, uh, and Amanda uh, Amanda Hebus, Rebus. Yeah, and I mean they're doing her no favors with her matchup beyond uh Xiaonan. yeah she's yeah they're not doing her any favors yeah. good good fighter yeah yeah i'm surprised that they would have three and four fight each other if, if what you're saying is right like marina rodriguez is technically in line next yeah and then uh isn't Jan is coming off a loss right against carla i, I believe so I think I think I'm I'm pretty sure she's coming off bound. So it'll be interesting. That's 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 an underrated fight. I think that really should have been like at least on the main card, but yeah. I I I, I agree, but I mean I guess like you could have put the heavyweight fight from the main card and just replaced that with their fight it, it would have made sense but yeah. again this is a non-title um ufc card so i i think they needed to just pack this with the, a lot of matchups and not all matchups even if they're great are gonna <laughs> make that card um like one one i'm surprised is on the early prelims is umar magomedov versus brian kelleher Ooh, that's gonna be a good fight. You got undefeated fight. Umar versus uh Brian Keller, who's good good veteran, good fighter, yeah. good power. Um obviously we all know who the UFC is like looking at to win. Um who they you know especially with like with the record of 13 and 0. Yeah. Uh yeah, they're they're looking for Umar to really uh um shine in this one. Yeah. That'll be Brian, interesting. Tough dude. Yeah. Because Brian's got, he's got a pretty long career. He's had like what, mm-hmm. like 
36 fights? Yeah, it's like it's over 30 for sure. Yeah. Let me see. Yeah, he's oh, got 36. 36. Right? Holy yeah, crap. 24. Yeah. So that's like double, more than double the amount of fights that Umar <laughs> has. But I mean, is is Umar training out of AKA or is he doing all his stuff in Dagestan? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he is doing it AKA, especially if it's in the US. I mean, I, I always thought those guys, they came to America, um, you know, weeks prior to the fight just to, oh, okay. you know, get prepared in America. Mm-hmm. I assume, I always assume they, they don't ever come straight from um, Eastern Europe. All the way over here, so mm. yeah. And then you got a uh, Tagir Ulanbekov, which another good fighter. Yeah, fighting uh, Tim Elliott, former. Uh, hey, Tim Elliott. Yeah, wild, wild man, like wild fighter. Yeah. If you ever watch Tim Elliott fight, be, sometimes you'd be like, "What the hell is he doing?" Yeah. <laughs> um, but Tagir fourteen and one. He they're they're looking to build his name up to uh so that's another one man it's like they're pushing these veterans out the door almost or like hey. pretty much they're kind of just feeding them to the like young lions at this point yeah but but you know what it, it's it's a good opportunity for these young guys and these uh i guess i hate to say gatekeepers mm-hmm. but these guys that are in that gatekeeper status to still remain relevant in sport yeah and I think I think uh, for divisions like the featherweight and the flyweight, like you really do need some fresh blood in, in both of those divisions because it's like you have like you know the champ and then a couple contenders at the top that are just gonna stay there, and then like mm-hmm. there's that weird middle where it's like you know a lot of like gatekeeper types or like up and comers, but at some point you know somebody's gotta step up. So I think especially for the flyweights even more than the featherweights for sure. Yeah, flyweight's struggling. I mean, they're, they, they're talking about doing that fourth uh, rematch with um, Moreno and... Um, yeah. I mean, I'm about it. See, that's the thing. Like, I'm about But, bro, it. it's like, how many times can you fight the same, you know? Yeah, that's true. But, but who, like... Like, yeah, I get who who can you know. who's going to step up to challenge, but, man... Yeah, I think that's always been a struggle with flyweight is that they've always needed people to have that star power. Yeah. And, um, and you know, it seemed like Brandon Moreno had the perfect uh, had the perfect trajectory because um, he's very relatable. Uh-huh. He can he can speak English. He can market himself well. He's he's likable. So. But then you know he lost. So yeah, tough man. I was very heartbroken for him, and it's not like he had a horrible fight or anything. It's just no so sharp, and he he had revenge on his mind. It was tough. All right, so uh, I guess we should just hop into the main card. We got five fights here. First one is a heavyweight bout. This is the one where you look at it and you're like really like main card but hey it is what it is greg hardy is a name that casuals would know i guess or Um, football fans whatever yeah Yeah, you're a cowboy fan me i'm good (laughs) i'm not delusional 
Um, but yeah, so how, how how do you say the, the other guy's name? Sergey Spivak. There you go. So it is a heavyweight bout. Sergey Spivak versus Greg Hardy. Um, Spivak is a slight favorite. As he should. he should be. He should be. He should be. Um, I don't really know much about Spivak. So well, uh, I'll let you guys talk about this one. Sergey Spivak does have a win against Tai Tuivasa. Ooh. Yeah. Greg, Greg Hardy's got um, Greg Hardy went to sleep. <laughs> he's on and he went to sleep bad. Right yeah, he's on a two-fight losing streak right now. And you know, I I really hate predicting heavyweight fight. Yeah, I'll always say because you know, it, it's kind of like Derek Lewis and Ty Tuivasa. You know, Derek mm-hmm. Lewis fit, should have been the favorite, and he was the favorite. But then what happened? He got caught. Yeah, you know, heavyweights like they they can get away with just throwing. And I want to say Sergey should be the favorite. Yep. But Greg Hardy also can hit really hard. Mm-hmm. So yeah, in terms of a, I know like a lot of people would say, oh why why are they in the main card? Well, it's for that reason. Is because this can just. Yeah. They are heavyweights. And yeah, this can end at any round, mm-hmm. um, any time. That being said, I'll go for Sergey. Huh? I think I'm going to go for Sergey too, just because he's more well rounded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he has, I'm looking at his record and he has a couple like, and um, before he was in the UFC, he's had like one, two, three, four, five six he's had six submissions in his record so and then um his win against Taito Ivasa he choked him out with a uh an ar- head arm triangle so the moment he gets on the ground it, it, like it's the we ground haven't ground. Seen, yeah we haven't seen what or at least I don't because I don't really follow Greg Hardy that much but we I don't know if he has a ground game or not mm. I don't know either uh, it, it's to, to be desired more, more to be desired i think mm. um yeah but again i i don't think greg hardy's planning on saying hey let's grapple i i believe greg hardy's plan from what he's shown in the past is he's gonna trust his power um right. and, should, and sergey should be trusting his power too but also be trusting his other skill set so Right. And I mean, you think about it. Before Ty put him to sleep, he had Ty, like, stunned. Yeah, yeah. we'll give him that. So, like, he, he does possess the type of power that, you know, that he could rely on it. It's just Ty, Ty also has, like, a – he's just very resilient. Yes. So, who knows? I mean, I don't know. How, how is Spivak's chin? Like, he – so, Sergey Spivak's last loss – what his last fight was a loss and it was a he got tko'd so he like most of his losses are from if it's not a decision it's from let's see he got tko'd by walt harris and then he got tko'd by tom aspinall also fighters to look out for sorry we're kind of like i'm i I went on a tangent tom aspinall that kid is the future like he's from the uk young heavyweight athletic fast bro like he's just like 
um, like grew up a martial artist and just like transitioned to MMA so well. So that's like a name on the rise that you should be looking for. Right now, he's ranked number 11. Is he faster, like quicker on his feet than like Cyril Gain? Like him versus Cyril Gain would be a pretty, really good fight. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, most of these heavyweights, they're, they're, the losses on their record, most likely is it going to be from like a TK or a knockout, mm-hmm. it seems like, right? Um, yeah, it's pretty rare you get two hard hitters that uh, go the distance or, you know. So I don't think – I think Sergey is going to do the smart thing and bring this fight to the ground. I think – I'm a, if I'm going to call it, I'll probably do Sergey round two submission armbar. Damn, armbar. Shit. All right. Uh, I'll do arm triangle. I, <laughs> that's the safest bet. All right. All right. Uh, I'll give you 10 bucks, Jeremy, if he gets him by armbar. Okay. Fair. All right. 10 bucks on that. But if yeah, he gets him we'll by 10 bucks on that. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to say. Uh... <laughs> Greg Hardy, dude, for. For, uh, I'm gonna say <laughs> for the controversy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna He's say gonna do uh, it for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this. You know, Kyle, you said that um, you know with the heavyweights and in a match like this, you know, at any point, this this could end at any point, right? And it, it's a good way to start off the main card. It's you know gets the fans energized. But you know what? Now this this is gonna be a, a, a technical fight. This is going the distance. And I got Greg Hardy by split decision. Ooh, that's, that's safe. Okay. Greg Hardy split decision. Such a lame, such a lame. Uh... This is, this is going to be the, the chess match of the ages. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're going to look, look at this fight years from now and study it. No, yeah. A... <laughs> yeah at, um, at, at both of your gyms, people are going to be talking about this in about 10 Yo. years. The up-and-coming fighters are going to be studying film of Spivak God, and Hardy. Oh my gosh. And they're going to remember, like, man, remember that that clinic, that grappling clinic that Greg Hardy put? <laughs> <laughs> wow, man. Greg, Greg the Grappler Hardy, man. I heard that's going to be his new name. Wow. <laughs> Hey, this is why I'm here. This is why I'm part of this uh, this show here. I'm, I'm here for Greg, the, the road less traveled. Okay, okay. Um, all right, so we are going to move on to the next fight in the main card. It's a welterweight bout. We got Big Mouth, Kevin Holland, making his welterweight debut, I believe. And he's taking on Alex Oliveira, um, somebody who's kind of been a staple in the, in the welterweight division, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to be an interesting one. Um, I guess Kevin Holland is listed as number 14 ranked in, in welterweight. So he, uh, he was, he, he retained a ranking, I guess, because he, yeah. he was ranked in a uh, middleweight, correct? Yeah, he was ranked middleweight. Yeah. So he, he comes in with a ranking already. He is favored uh, minus 280. Again, not that, not by a whole lot, but um, he's favored in this, in this match. Um, do you think the move down to welterweight, for somebody like Kevin Holland, because he is like a, a more wiry type build, do you think um, this helps him or this might hurt him? Um, I think I thought he should have done it a while back, to be honest. But 
he his power was pretty good. Like his skill set was pretty good at middleweight, except when they exposed that he can't grapple to yeah. save life. Mm-hmm. Um, that happened twice, I believe. Like his last two fights. Yeah, yeah. And this is a good matchup. Alex Oliveira likes to stand. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and you know, Alex Oliveira again is it at that age where he's kind of in the twilight where he's on his yeah on his way out so it gives kevin holland the chance to show his skills at a yeah. lighter weight class but i don't think the weight's gonna kill him i you know if you ever hear his interview on uh, joe rogan's podcast kevin holland <laughs> his coach he doesn't seem like the most disciplined kind of guy no. so it seemed to no. me like the reason he never made welterweight is because he just didn't want to. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was, like, not even, like, really on a strict diet no. before any of his fights. Like, even he during fight up, On the podcast with Joe Rogan, he straight up is like, yo, I would be craving peanut butter, and I would literally be eating it from the jar or something <laughs> like that. And it's like, damn, dude. <laughs> hey, man. It's all good. He, I mean, he's a, he's a Texas kid, so it's like, yeah, still got to root for him anyway. Um, how, how do you guys see this fight going? Make I think pretty- uh, if I'm going to call it, I'll probably go Kevin unanimous. I really – I'm going to agree with Kyle that uh, Alex Oliveira is kind of on his way out. He's on a three-fight skid right now, and, like, he's he's had, like, 36 fights. So I really think that if he loses this fight, I feel like the UFC will cut him. Hmm. Yeah, wow, Alex Oliveira's only 34 years old. Yeah, which is interesting. So, like, he's been fighting for, like, a long-ass time. Yeah. He started really, really young. I mean, he's Brazilian, so. Yeah. I feel like they all start fighting at, like, 12 years old or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Man, I, I got Kevin Holland. I think he finishes him. Real? Okay. I think he TKOs him. Um. Man, I'm just wondering if Alex Oliver is going to try to grapple. I don't know. I, I feel like he won't because out of his last three losses, two of them were from submission. And Alex Oliver actually has – he has decent Muay Thai. Yeah, but, like, is Alex Oliver worried about Kevin Holland submitting him? Okay, that's true. It's true, yeah. You know, when when you have nothing to fear – well, I mean, Kevin Holland, I do believe he has a couple of submissions <clears throat> under his belt, but it's not like once, uh, you know, it's not like he's an active grappler. He likes to stand. So mm-hmm. now I'm going to, I'm still going to give it to Kevin Holland. I still think he outstrikes him. I still think he puts him away. I just don't want to see Alex Oliveira like get put away again, you know? Yeah. Like, it's like, it's a lot of, a lot of, uh, wars he's been in mm-hmm. yeah i was when you were saying that he has well like 36 fights it's like for me i'm like the longevity of brazilian fighters is like pretty insane like i feel like if you're a brazilian you're guaranteed to fight like 30 times in your career at the oh, least yeah you're at you're at least you at least have like a minimum of 25 yeah like it's it's pretty insane um but for me i think 
if, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Kevin Holland has fought in front of crowds since crowds came back. Right? Uh-huh. Like it, it's been a while. And so I, I do think that for, for him um, to kind of raise his stock, this is a pretty important time for him to, to be back in front of crowds for the first time. He's, you know, going down to welterweight and he's, you know, one of those fighters that created a lot of buzz for, you know, really being a, a showman. So I think he, I think he does finish him, but I think, you know, he's going to try to put on a show for at least one or two rounds and then maybe, you know, finish him end of the second round or early third round, maybe. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I do have him by TKO as well. I'm going to say, I'm going to say late second round. Um, but I, I do think that for Kevin Holland, um, this is pretty important for him, like a, in like a branding standpoint and like making the fans remember, you know, how good he is and how entertaining he can be, because this is a fresh start for him and welterweight. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, maybe this presents a better opportunity than it would have for for him at middleweight, because like you guys said, like the higher you get up to the middleweights, the more like grappling heavy, like bigger stronger guys there are yeah like it, and and they can all stand and like you know strike so i think welterweight might be just like a long-term like more beneficial route for him as like based on his skills right now but who knows maybe he's working on the ground game we i mean we just, i mean he, he trains out of a uh, with travis luter in fort worth so travis okay. luter is a pretty uh, yeah i believe he's a he went to unt actually oh okay um I want to say, don't quote me on this, but I think Kyle was one of it, like his RA, like one year. Because I, I know Kyle has mentioned that, like he's running. Esteban? The, yeah. Because oh, Kyle wow. was an RA. He was an RA at UNT for either one or two semesters. And I want to say Kevin Holland was like one of his residents. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, because he, Kyle's the reason why I even like found out about Kevin Holland. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure mm. that's the guy. Dude. I think you're right, man. I think the last time he fought in front of a crowd was 2018. 2019. Holy crap. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy. Like, cause you would think like he'd be one of the first guys when crowds came back that they would try to book. Cause I mean, that's right. somebody that people know and they know yeah. he's going to put on yeah. a show, like win or lose. I think his last, yeah, his last eight fights, I think were all at the apex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they yeah, were. He, he went on that crazy streak of like, I don't know, he fought like four or five times in one year. And it was I all. Mean, he, had, he had that one in Jacksonville, but like, I think even that had no crowd. Yeah, I remember that had no crowds, I think. And that's crazy. So, yeah, this will be the first time he's been. All right, now I'm like a little more confident that, oh, man, does he, will he get nervous? No, he won't get nervous. No, nah, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, he fought five times in 2020. Yeah, pretty insane. Like, literally, September, October, took November off, and then fought again in December. Yeah. Literally, August, September, October, November, or um, didn't fight in November, and then fought again in December, which is kind of nuts. And they were all wins. Yeah, and it was all, like, impressive, like, TKO-type wins, too. He knocked out uh, uh, Ronaldo uh, Souza. Yeah, that's right, yeah. that, That was the one where he was, like, he was like falling backwards, I think. And yeah. He, just, like, he was on his back. Yeah. Yeah. That that was like one of the most impressive ones. Like, because you never would have thought that. that yeah. It, it's it's crazy. He knocked out like one of the most um, influential Brazilian jiu jitsu grapplers 
in the UFC off of his back. Yeah. And then, but he gets, he makes Marvin Vittori get like some kind of crazy personal record for most takedowns and makes yeah. him a wrestler. I'm like, yeah. how is he that made, possible? He made Marvin Vittori look like he was an NCAA D1 wrestler, man. Like literally. He made, he made Marvin Vittori look like he really was going to win the title. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I believe it. <laughs> Man, but yeah, it's yeah, we'll see. Cause I mean Kevin Holland's coming off of that headbutt that uh n- knocked him out. It was yeah. actually pretty, it was yeah. it was pretty bad. Yeah. Um yeah, so and I can understand like that type of like that's probably a big reason why he had to take a lot of time off. Plus, yeah, he you know decided to go like I don't know how long ago. Ooh. Ooh, dang dude. Hold on now. Um, I, I don't know, like, how long ago he decided to to go down to welterweight, but I'm sure, like, it takes, you know, some extra preparation if you're going to do that. So, all right. Next fight. The people's main event of the night. This, this, is, sure. this, this is For sure, the people's main event of the night. We have a featherweight bout. 10th ranked Edson Barbosa taking on Arkansas's favorite son, <laughs> Doug Nasty, the number 11 ranked uh-huh. featherweight, Bryce. Nasty. I'm excited for this one. We were talking about it. Bryce Mitchell, there's you just I don't know how you can't root for the guy. Like he just he's he's just like your typical like hardworking middle class dude. I mean, he literally like runs a farm on his own with like I think like you know, the help of like a couple people and he trains. I know he like goes to a gym and trains too, but I know he also trains on his farm as much as possible. Oh, he's he, like a, he's like a cowboy Cerrone type. Yeah. 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 Like, Oh yeah. Legitimately. Yeah. Like, and I mean, he's been very adamant about, you know, being one of those fighters that doesn't want to, you know, have to relocate mm-hmm. to, to a bigger camp. Like he, he says that, you know, everything that he has in Arkansas is all that he needs you know, he's got his coaches, his facility. Hopefully he has good training partners because like that only works when you have good training partners and people come to you. That's how like Cowboy Cerrone is able to train. Granted, you know, he's not at the top level anymore, but that's how he's able to train on his BMF ranch. Yeah. But I mean, Bryce Mitchell, man, he's the he's the king of the twister. Um, I think he has two twister submissions on his record. And he only has one. Oh, okay. Well, he's about he to have a second one because spoiler alert: my prediction is he's winning by. T- <laughs> by t- <laughs> yeah, he's actually very. I wouldn't be mad at that. Very proficient thing. at getting into the position, yeah. like, like um, they call it a cross body ride. Mm-hmm. Very good at setting that up. Uh, for a guy that um didn't like he he's like one of those yeah just trained MMA and learned how to grapple along the way. He uh he pretty much manhandled every single one of his opponents thus far. Um, obviously I think this is the most uh seasoned yeah I think this is the most dangerous opponent he's ever faced. I don't even know how um. I don't even know how Edson Barbosa makes featherweight. He's huge. 
He's huge. He is. Like, I'm like, dude, I He's thought. five he, foot 11. Yeah, yeah, I thought he had trouble making uh, 155, but when he moved to exactly. 145. Now, yeah. granted, it hasn't always been easy for him. I think he lost to Dan Ige, right? Yeah, he lost to Dan Ige. Yeah. Uh, he got um, put out by Giga. Yeah. Um, oh, he knocked out Shane Burgos. That's right, with the, that delayed yeah. punch. Yeah. Oh, that, and that looked like a freak. Yeah, like Burgos. Yeah, I remember that. He has a win. He has a win over Dan Hooker. Yeah, he does. He he dropped him with the body shot. That's yeah, right. Punch the body. Mm-hmm. I, I'm actually kind of scared for this. This is in this matchup is going to be a test for uh, Rice. This, is a, this is a big step up in competition. Yeah. If he beats him, he Bryce Mitchell's stock just goes. Oh yeah. Way up, way up. Yeah. Uh, Sure. Then the UFC is going to start believing in him a little yeah. bit more. Mm-hmm. But that being said, man, this is this is still Edson Barboza. Like, yeah, he's not a slouch grappler. Like, he's, he's not, not just going to. He, he's going to try to find a way to get back up. Um, mm-hmm. he's with the exception of that Khabib fight. He always, you know, he's pretty good at just keeping it on the feet. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bryce Mitchell will probably, most likely, try to grapple him. Mm-hmm. As he should. I'm look, my heart is saying Bryce Mitchell, unanimous decision. But obviously, my like betting IQ, my betting IQ is like, what are you doing? No, he hasn't been tested. This mm-hmm. is a huge step up for competition. Big. I don't even. Damn, so what is Barboza's number 10? So, okay, so Bryce Mitchell's trying to break into the top 10. Yeah, he gets in the top 10 with this fight. Oh, he's 11, that's right. All right, I'm going to go Bryce Mitchell because uh, because everything he stands for, <laughs> everything he stands for, I stand for. So let's, uh, let's go Bryce Mitchell, rear naked choke. Ooh. Third round. Interesting. Third round, like rear that. naked joke. I already know what you're going to choose, Jeremy. You're going to choose Muay Thai boy. <laughs> <laughs> Muay Thai boy. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. I will. I, I'm, I am very impressed by, uh, I'm looking at Bryce Mitchell's record, like thir- 14 to no. Like literally, his first eight fights were all submissions, which is very impressive. Because I was, and I would, I would think that Edson is like, with him being in the game for so long, he would have a black belt. But apparently, he still just has a brown belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He's just, I love, I really, really like Edson Barbosa, but I think a big knock on him is that he doesn't really like he, he sticks to his bread and butter and doesn't want to learn kind of like new things or doesn't really adjust to what the game is changing now. And I think it's good that kind of like in terms of like Brazilians that are real MMA guys that are really good at Muay Thai, I always hold him below um, 
uh, Jose Aldo because Jose Aldo is able to kind of like adapt to, hey, like you can't just be reliant on white side and light kicks. Like you have to be pretty much good at everything now because the MMA fighter today is not a specialist. He's literally a jack of all trades. Right. So, but I still love Edson Barbosa and I think he's going to knock him out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Wow. Okay. Um, so you, do you want to like have an official, like what round and. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I, I do think Edson Barbosa is kind of just going to keep him at bay with just really, really heavy leg kicks and like coming forward and like his switch kick is phenomenally fast. So like the moment um, Bryce Mitchell tries to come in, he's just going to hit one of those switch kicks, following it up with the leg kick. He's really good at setting up like double kicks. So I feel like that's really going to keep him at bay. And then I feel like Edson is I, – I don't think it's going to be an early stoppage. I think he probably gets him like round three. Yeah, I think uh... – this yeah, I mean if, if Bryce Mitchell passes the test, man, there's gonna be a lot of eyes on him mm-hmm. going forward. It's it's gonna be and again, like he's got that relatable or I guess more relatable um background. And like it seems like a lot of people find him entertaining. And it's not like he's doing anything like special to entertain. Like he's just he's just literally living a normal life, but people are like pretty drawn to him. Yeah, homegrown guy. He's not like some prodigy or some Yeah, yeah. He's humble guy, humble beginnings. Um, very stereo. He's a very stereotypical, like you know, country boy. So yeah, hundred yeah. percent. It's it's pretty cool to see that, and he looks like a regular guy. If you probably were to see yeah. him out in public, you wouldn't think he's a fighter. Exactly. So, yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. So, it'll be interesting. I I do like Edson Barbosa as well it's not like I, I dislike him um and yeah like like you said like the the speed on his kicks is pretty you know like he, he's got some of the fastest kicks um that I've seen at least mm-hmm. and um his striking is is gonna be obviously some pretty dangerous I guess I'll be interested to see like if uh how he like maintains distance especially to, to stay away from, you know, Mitchell trying to come forward and, mm-hmm. and take him down. Uh, if, if Barbosa can manage the distance, I feel like it's, you know, going to be a, a pretty good fight for him. Um, but I'm going to go with, with Mitchell just cause I'm biased. That's and, fair. Uh, and I mean, in, in the little like lead up video package that they had, Bryce Mitchell said that apparently in Vegas Saturday night, there's a forecast of a, of a, a twister um, coming, coming to Vegas that night. So right. I got a Bryce Mitchell twister right out the gate. First round. <laughs> All right. You mean, give me about a minute and then twister. You know, Bryce Mitchell gives me a uh, Matt Hughes 2.0 vibes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's, 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 a good, uh, that's a good person to Matt be. Matt Hughes 2.0 vibes. Okay. I like it. And NWO Matt Matt Hughes. <laughs> I like yeah, it. Yeah, man. He's 
again, he's really good at that setting up that cross body ride position. I he yeah, goes for it a lot too, right? Like yeah, the way he sets it up is uh he 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 doesn't set it up like most guys. He does it while the guy is still on his hands and knees and then he forces him into that position. It's like you you see a lot in collegiate wrestling. They'll they'll do it in collegiate wrestling. So right. he approaches it from that kind of way and it, it's actually very very nice. Um yeah, as a grappler, it's it's a good study. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, I ho- I hope we do see a twister because uh, me too. You don't see a lot of them in the UFC unless how you're many a- how many zombie. have there been? Two, two, two. just two. Okay, yep. so it's even more rare than like a Darce choke. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Because like you can you can hit a Darce like pretty easily. Off of like certain positions, like yeah. for a twister, you got to be in a spe- almost in a specific specific position to hit it. Okay, and you're you're literally only <clears throat> controlling one of the guy's hips. Like, yeah, with the rear naked choke, you put both hooks in, you control both their hips. But with the twister, you're controlling one hip and going for the diagonal uh, shoulder line. Yeah, so, right, like you're, you're having them go opposite. Yeah, so yeah. the control is, you know, because if you lose the position, you essentially, you essentially lost, like, the back. Right, and they can just get up. Yeah, or they can turn into you and, you know. Full guard. It could be a mess. So, yeah, exactly. So the fact that he's able to do that level of control – um, when you watch it, his level of control is very good. He 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 studies he studied very well on how to maintain control over his opponents um, in that position for a long period of time. Um, and he's figured out how to strike from there, which I like too. Even if he's not getting the twister, you know he's throwing elbows at your ribs. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the things he needs to do offensively to make it a position. Um, where his opponent really has to really has to either suffer or work hard to get out. So, yeah. So, yeah, shoot, I, I hope you see a twister. And, and if, I, the, the possibilities of it, like, gets me really excited. Like, I... Yeah. I dude, really... you're convincing me, dude. You're convincing me, like, about to see a twister. <laughs> and Jeremy said you do a shoe if there's a twister, right? I'll do a shoey whenever JQ does his shoey that he okay. owes us first. Oh, that's true. That's true. He, he, all right. Joseph, if Bryce Mitchell hits a twister, you have to do a shoey off of my cup. No, you have to do <laughs> since, since he's a country boy, since he's a country boy, you have to do a shoey out of a boot. Out of a boot? <laughs> Uh, that's worse than it you have to do hey since uh daniel's a country boy you have to do a shoey out of one of his cowboy boots <laughs> daniel seems like a, a more one of the more clean people so i actually wouldn't yeah out of out of the rest of us in houston yeah yeah like out, out of all of our friends daniel's shoes probably have the least bacteria in them <laughs> i don't know there's something about him it, it's the holy water i think 
Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be. All right. Um, we're going to move on to the co-main lightweight bout. Rafael Dos Santos, RDA, taking on not Fizaev or however you say his name, but he's taking on Renato Moicano. Woo! Uh, Moicano, where's he? Like, what's his rank? Is he ranked? I believe he is. No, he's not ranked. He's not ranked. This should get him into the rankings. Was he ranked at some point? I feel like. Yeah, I think when he was, um, yeah, because he beat Calvin Cater and the Cub Swanson. I think he he might have been ranked at that point until he lost to Jose Aldo. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. Yeah, because I swear he was like thirteen or fourteen at one point. Like, I'm almost positive, especially if he beat Cater. I remember watching that fight. Mm-hmm. But anyway, this is going to be a, a, a good fight, I think. Um, RDA is ranked number six, so he's. Yeah. This is a. This will be a big step up if somehow Moicano is able to come away with the win. Um, how do you guys see this one playing out? It'll be interesting because this fight, because it's on a four day notice, mm-hmm. um, it's going to be at a catch weight. It's going to be at one sixty. Is that? Is that bad for RDA or better? I feel no. like that would be good. That's be really good. good so he can fight like a more natural. Yeah, because he's not. The problem with RDA is like. He's he's like Kevin Lee where like doesn't really fit in to welterweight. Um, and then. Like at at times. He's a former lightweight. 55 so yeah so i don't know it's just like he's one of those guys that really would have benefited with a with a 165 weight class mm-hmm. yeah I, heard, I hear he walks around 200 yeah. naturally. wow like, yeah that, that's, that's what i heard i was like what the that's a pretty crazy uh weight cut then i mean that's not what he that's not what he's starting to cut weight up but like when he's not in not camp. training, not in camp, yeah, not yeah. training. He go gets up to he ballooned it up, yeah, so, sort of like Khabib. I, I've heard Khabib gets up to two hundred. He's probably two ten. Yeah, yeah he's one of those where it's just like if he did go up to welterweight, if he would just be too small. But lightweight sometimes could be too much of a weight cut for him. Yeah, and who's his last fight? Paul Felder. Well, that's another fight that was last minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is like back to back. The Sanyos gets a new opponent the week of. In terms of like, because we know uh, the Sanyos was in camp, he's finished camp already. He's ready to fight. Now he doesn't have to lose that extra five pounds to make that limit. Um, right. So he's probably really relieved that. Yeah, really. Probably he's gonna have a he's gonna have a fun week. He's enjoying his week so yeah. far, probably. Yeah, and Mo- Moicano fought a couple weeks ago. He beat Alex Hernandez. That was the Houston card. So he literally fought like at the beginning of the month. Okay, the last pay per view. Yeah, so he fought in Houston. I think, I, man. To be honest, I'm surprised they didn't come up with this fight first but mm-hmm. i think rda 
should win this one. Mm-hmm. Um, based on experience and based on, like, the level of striking to grappling, I think is very good um, with RDA. Like, he can strike, but he also knows how to switch it to grappling, Yeah, like, in an instant. And that's a very, uh, he's a very explosive fighter. Mm. Um, I know he's, like, kind of on the older side, older side. He's 37. Yeah, of 30, but... Um, I think just on veteran experience and because he has been in camp and Hinata is taking this on short fight notice, he should win this fight. Mm-hmm. I think he wins it by unanimous decision. Nice. Yeah, I don't have a lot to say, um, but I'll say I think unanimous for RDA sounds pretty like reasonable. What about you, Jeremy? Uh, I would agree. Although, like, Hinato Moicano, literally, like, his last, literally, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, his last seven fights has either been submission or, or, a, or a knockout, which I think is pretty impressive. So, it's just like, mm. oh, oh, wait, not including his losses. Sorry, not including his losses. So, one, his, like, so one, two... His last two wins were rear naked chokes. Those Brazilians and that rear naked choke, they, they love that rear naked choke. Of course. Well, it's just like the most dominant position you can be in yeah. in, in a fight is right. just the back. You're safe, you know, yeah. and, and it's a good opportunist uh, position. Like, yeah. Like Moicano, I think he he got Alexander Hernandez hurt, and then mm-hmm. he jumped on his back. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, a lot of fighters do that. Is once they get the guy hurt, they'll jump on his back and just try to finish the fight from there. Um, or they'll be like Khabib, and they'll just literally force you to turn, so that way you don't get hit. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, uh, Hanato Moicano isn't like opportunist type of grappler. Kind of like Charles Oliveira is an opportunist gra- opportunist type of grappler. Mm-hmm. Um, you, already, mean, you mean the lightweight champion, the the lightweight champion Charles Oliveira, the one who beat Michael Chandler a couple months? All ago? right, we get it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, that that Charles Oliveira. <laughs> RDA is the opposite though he's he'll he'll wear you down yes and he'll and then he'll finish you on the ground Mm -hmm. so yeah this this would be i wonder if they're gonna talk mess to each other in portuguese i don't know but (laughs) it'll be interesting yeah and then we'll have to wait the next day to see what they say in the subtitles yeah (laughs) Yeah, no, I think RDA just has the better experience. He's got the better striking. He's like a fourth degree black belt, right? Yeah, and he's only lost to like guys at Walter who are really good. Yeah. 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 So okay. So we all think, agree, RDA. Yeah, I think his only losses in lightweight was what? Against Khabib, Eddie Alvarez back when he was the champ. Tony. And then Tony Ferguson. 
So we're talking about Prime Eddie, Prime Tony, and then Khabib. It was just always Prime. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's Thanos right there. Like, for sure, Khabib is Thanos. Um, but, yeah, no, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point. Like, RDA's experience, and he had the full camp. Like, he's definitely going to be ready to rock. Um, yeah. All right, and we are going to finish up with the main event. We got uh, the number one ranked welterweight, Colby Chaos Covington, versus his former best friend, his former sparring partner, his former roommate. Um, they probably I they were always like cornering each other a lot. Um, for they were roommates for like six years or something, something like that. Yeah, but uh, taking on Jorge Gamebred. Street Judas, whatever you want to call him, Masvidal. He's the number six ranked welterweight. This is uh, the classic uh, friend to foe type of story here. Um, this is literally like straight out of an anime. Or I'm, like for real, like best friends trained together, came up together, and now they're enemies. I know, yeah. And now it's like they, they finally got to the point where one, one's got to die, <laughs> basically. Dude. I still think my conspiracy theory holds true, man. I think, and honestly, yeah. like, like as we were talking about it, like, because for, for those who may be listening and don't know, like, the full story, as, as the story goes, you know, Covington and Masvidal kind of came into ATT around the same time. Or I guess Masvidal was there, like, maybe, like, a little bit before. And so um, they kind of just became friends started sparring and training together and after a while um Covington wanted to work on his striking and so he he started going to Masvidal's striking coach who was there for Masvidal basically from the beginning of his career um he's the one that kind of pulled him out of the street fighting and um as the story goes at some point Covington like didn't pay that coach I don't remember the coach's name and that's kind of like the beginning of like where the the tension um started to grow i know masvidal also before that um he like took like what like a one or two year break yeah on like some like reality tv yeah some random like south american reality show Uh, random to us probably not for the people in south america but random to us and and that's when like covington was really using like masvidal's coach right um And then I guess when he came back, it was kind of different. Plus, like, Covington, like, decided to go full heel um, in Brazil along the way. And I think, like, Masvidal – I mean, Masvidal's also, like, you know, doesn't mind being controversial or, like, you know, yeah. saying what's on his mind, which is why I guess sometimes I'm – I think the way that Covington acts, I'm, like, it's weird that Masvidal would say that he doesn't really agree because – He's kind of like they're cut from the same cloth, I think, in that respect. Um, I guess they go about it a different, you know, different ways, but they're they're both pretty like outspoken um and and try to, you know, like sell the fights. Like they they try to sell fights um and they do their best to do it. But anyway, so there, there's a lot of tension here. This is years in the making. I want to say like at least, you know, two, three years in the making. Um, and it's finally come to the point where this is, uh, you know, the biggest fight for both of them as of right now, especially for Masvidal, um, because I don't, I mean, he's not 
he's not going back to the title picture <laughs> anytime soon. Um, and Colby is, you know, lost to Usman twice now. So he, he kind of needs something big and he needs a win, another big win too. So, um, I'll start with you, Kyle. How are you feeling about this fight? I, I think this is a great matchup for, uh, Kobe Covington, man, it, it, okay. So even though when I say that, it's like, we act like Jorge Masvidal hasn't spent hours and hours um, of training time with Kobe Covington. He like yeah. he knows he knows the game plan. He knows, you know, what Kobe Kobe Covington can do. You know, like um, yeah, if you watch Genghis Khan films, I think that was the documentary series uh, that followed Jorge's early career in the UFC. Um, it shows a, a, a young up and coming Kobe Covington training with them. And it was just, you know, it's, it's actually kind of like hard to believe, like, wow, I can't believe like they were this close. And now they they're bitter rivals, which, you know, I'm, I'm skeptical, like on that. And real quick, I'm just going to say the conspiracy theory. I think they made up a, a, like a pact that we're both going to reach the top and we're going to fight each other there. So we're going to talk a lot of mess to each other so we can build up the most hype, get the most money. The only problem that happened was they they got their, what they wanted. They both became top, you know, Jorge Masvidal's second to Connor, most paid UFC fighter right now. Yeah, for sure. And Kobe, Kobe Covington won the interim title. The only problem was Kamar Usman. They had four chances to beat that man, two each. So that way they can have their dream fight against, you know, against each other for, for millions of dollars in the title. Unfortunately, they have to settle for this. I think they're really going to go at it. You know, I, if you like in like gym culture, you know, you never really go a hundred percent with your training partners. I mean, some days, you know, you go a little rougher, but because I, you know, you know what they're capable of. I think there's going to be like one of those fights where they're not holding back, you know, and because they're friends or what, what are they're still friends or they're bitter rivals. It's going to be like, because they know each other, I think it's going to be one of those barn burners. Um, however, I think Kobe will use his wrestling. So I got Kobe Covington, <sighs> unanimous decision. Because I want to say, man, he can finish him. But Jorge's pretty good at defending submissions. Yeah. Um, Kobe doesn't have the power on the feet. Jorge does, but I think Kobe knows that. Uh -huh. so I think Kobe's just gonna dive against the fence, uh -huh. take him down over and over again, put uh -huh. that pace he's known for uh -huh. on Jorge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Kobe has what I call kind of like that Diaz, uh, that uh, the Diaz brothers like gas tank. It's like they when. 
he throws a lot of volume, yeah. but the volume is not like if if like you got your hands down, you're gonna get knocked out. But if you're defending yourself, it's more annoying than anything else, and it scores points. And I think Colby has the better gas tank, and he's just constantly gonna just get if if he doesn't get um what do you call it if he doesn't get Jorge to the ground he's gonna push him to the fence clinch with him a lot of dirty boxing a lot of resetting going back doing it and it's just gonna be really annoying and really really frustrating for um for Jorge and on uh I I, I do agree Kyle, you said uh, Colby unanimous. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. I think because I'm the kind of person that believes that um, the way Jorge is, his power, like, first two two rounds, you got to kind of just have your head on a swivel. But as rounds three, four, and five come on, it's kind of just like the threat is there but the danger is not as imminent as in the first two rounds. I feel like his, his power kind of just wanes with each round. And I'm going to be completely honest. Like I really think Colby's going to choke him out. I'm, I think I'm going to go submission round four. Yeah, I think, um, and this is actually like my honest opinion. <laughs> like I'm, I'm not like, cause I, cause honestly between both of these two, like I don't really favor one over the other. Um, but I, I actually do think that it's this is an interesting one because if like if the beef really is like you know what they say it is, it does seem that um Colby is coming from like a place of like more pettiness and Jorge is kind of coming from more of like loyalty to like his people, like his 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 right. guys. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. and so I do think that emotionally like Colby seems to be a little bit more unstable than Jorge is like Jorge actually looks a lot more composed like within like the last couple weeks like whenever you see like the interviews and stuff like that and he talks about the fight like he Mm -hmm. seems pretty calm about it and I mean obviously like it when they step into the cage it's it's you know it's different it's, it's totally different but it does seem like going into it um he has like a little bit more of a calm about him. Mm-hmm. And that kind of gives me a little bit of like more um, confidence in him going into it. So I actually think that Jorge might knock him out. <laughs> um, and that's like, and that's like not even like me trying to like rib you guys or like make a joke. Like I actually think that it could be like, I'm going to say second round TKO. I'm not counting that out. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is there's always that threat of, um, yeah. But Kobe is resilient, though, huh? Yeah, he is. He, Kobe he has is. more of a. I feel like he has more of a chin than Jorge. To me, yeah, honest. and I mean, yeah, like he. If you wow, uh, dude gets uh, knocked one time, and we all, we all just, you all just start questioning his chin. Jorge. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but yeah, but I, I, I do, I do agree. Like Colby, I mean, the Usman fight, first fight broke his jaw and he was still standing and, you know, and, and fighting. I, I, the reason why I bring up the emotional thing is because I think, I think Colby knows that he can win on the ground for sure. Like if he, if he sticks to that game plan, mm-hmm. but it does seem like he really wants to prove something by knocking out Jorge. 
And I yeah. think, like you guys said, like his, he's got some power, but it's not like, you know, turn his lights off in an instant type power that like Jorge does. And so I think like he might, you know, like once he gets in the cage, maybe he won't stick to the game plan and try to like, you know, at least the first round or two really try to like stand with him and try to go for that knockout and maybe Jorge catches him. Like that's, that's what I'm kind of envisioning. Um, yeah, I, I, I can see it. No, I, I really can see that those first two rounds being emotional rounds for Kobe mm-hmm. wanting to maybe maybe like pressure too much to where Jorge is countering his shots. Because like I said, they know each other, right? Yeah. They, they, they know each other's habits. They should at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see like how they're going to have to adjust to each other because, you know, they're not teammates anymore. Um, I don't know too much about Kobe Covington's new crew, you know, uh, MMA Masters over at, you know, Florida. But, you know, a lot of Jorge's guys, I would imagine they've all trained with Kobe. Yeah. They got Jorge's training with. Exactly. Um, they have. So. And, and something that Jorge would say, like, back in the day is that he's good at mimicking fighters. And so I think – more so for like Jorge did it for Colby where like he was the main sparring partner so that he could kind of like help Colby game plan. Like, I don't know how much of that Colby did for Jorge. Right. Like that does mean that like Jorge got a chance to like really play around with like different things and to help Colby, you know, open up his game. But obviously like Colby at ATT is also a different Colby like now because yeah obviously like the the new camp has really like refined him and he he his striking is a lot better and obviously his cardio has always been like off the charts so he he's definitely like a much more seasoned fighter now than he was back then but the foundation of it you know like jorge probably remembers everything about you know like you said like the many hours that they put in yeah and, and game planning but yeah, no, I know. I think like I think this might be like a bit of a trap for for Colby. I think Colby Colby for sure has a lot more to lose than Jorge does. That's true. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and maybe, yeah. And maybe that's why Jorge does seem more calm. Is that he's like, yeah, if I lose this fight, you know, it's not, it's not like as detrimental to him as it would be for you know if Jorge knocks out Colby, like, right. That's huge. Um. But yeah, I, I, it's going to be entertaining. Definitely, like you said, the first two rounds are going to be super emotional, and I think it, that's yeah. where it's going to be very like, um, what's the word? Uh, unpredictable. Mm-hmm. We'll know if it's fake is if at the end of the fight they hug. Yeah, that's what that's what I was going to say. I was like, post fight, regardless of who wins, I think we'll we'll see uh, what what's really up because if if they're still like talking trash and stuff, then. Yeah, they'll have a click moment at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. But I think, I guess, b- before we head out, um, let's say Colby wins. Do you think uh, a fight with Poirier is a, a good next fight for him? Because hmm. I, I don't think he's going back to Usman right away. And Usman's probably not going to take that fight either. 
No, they're they're not going to give him a third match. Yeah. yeah. Unless there's no other choice. If anything, my guess is uh, after whoever Usman fights next for Walter Waite, if there's no – if he beats Leon Edwards and there's no other contenders, they're probably going to ask Usman to move up or something. I don't know. Yeah. Because hey, uh, you think you think he would actually go up to middleweight and fight Izzy for the right money? I mean, he has no loyalty to that man other than like he's saying yeah. uh, they're both um, Nigerian. But yeah, he has no loyalty to him. Yeah, that's true. That'd, that'd be interesting too. That'd be a good fight because like Kamaru is huge for one seventy five. Yeah. Make one eighty five no problem. He, he's massive, bro. <laughs> he's so strong. Like, he's just physically so much stronger than everybody. Yeah. And, like, honestly, him going to middleweight, no offense to, like, Cannoneer, Brunson, Vittori, Sean Strickland, and, J- like, Jack Hermanson. But literally none of those guys are beating Israel or Whitaker. Because I really think middleweight at this point is literally just at, a, like, a standstill. Yeah. None of those guys, like, Whitaker and Adesanya are, like, levels above the rest of those guys. Anyway. It's, it's basically like the Moreno-Figgy thing in, in the fight. Right. Like, the only fight I want to see at middleweight is literally just Adesanya and Whitaker again, but no one else wants to see that fight. And I'm like, well, it's the only fight that makes sense because everyone else Yeah, is- I mean, that, that that's what I was thinking, too. I was like, I don't want to see Izzy just dominate some other dude that, like, you know, like no offense to the other contenders, but like like you said, there's no shot that they're gonna beat him. So like, might as well have. And Whitaker looked really good this last fight. Like he good. he looked he looked really good. It's just Izzy happens happened to be better on that night, and usually is better than him. But I mean, look, Whitaker and Usman. Usman beats him though. But I, I think I mean. That would be probably like you think they would make Usman do that or like have to do like one fight. Before I, I think if he went up, I think Izzy and Usman would be a a huge event. Yeah. Like again, I mean Usman said he would never fight. Uh, he would Another never fight. Champion. Yeah, but he did say he would do it for the right money. Yeah. True, and and if if by that time they could fight in Africa as like the co-main, and then Francis is the main event. Nah, see, France would be co-main event at this point, right? I don't know. They they've all said that Francis is the main event between the three of them. Just I mean, yeah, I guess he's the, he's the real spectacle, right? Yeah. So yeah, like especially if he fights John Jones. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think Usman for the right money would fight. Izzy and uh Kobe would obviously they would do Kobe versus someone if Kobe wins Kobe needs to win this fight but yeah yeah but as of right now yeah Kobe is in a weird spot even if he wins this he's not getting a title shot no mm-hmm. uh Jorge wins this Jorge could retire at any time, I think. I think he's yeah. done he's made enough money. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Honestly, if Jorge, if Jorge wins this fight, he should retire. Like 
Yeah, they really. Go should. out with a bang, like you beat your rival. He still has that BMF title, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Jorge's accomplished a lot. You know, Kobe's accomplished a lot, but the only one standing in their way is Kamaru Usman, and it's it's sad because it's like, damn, the one guy is literally standing who has two wins over both of these guys. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Yeah. It shows you how good Usman is. Oh, no, for sure, for sure. And who knows? I, I think maybe, because he has talked about it too, like maybe the only other fight too is, I don't know if it's even possible to convince GSP to come out of retirement, but I mean, Kamaru will always entertain that. Yeah, because if you think, I mean, I'm, I wouldn't be mad at that because Kamaru's getting to the level of, it's like, okay, he's basically like, cleaned out the division like you could say he's in contention for possibly welterweight goat i'm not I saying am. he is i'm saying he's in contention for yeah there's a conversation the way how yeah. just how dominant he's been mm-hmm. yeah i i can see that and so the, I mean, like, the, the division is strong it's not like it's a weak division it's, it's just not like that much at, yeah like you look at kamaru's like resume and it's just like I mean, these guys are killers mm-hmm. yeah, yeah so, don't I mean, dare disrespect gsp like that ever again i'm gonna let this slide this time jeremy i'm gonna let it slide i didn't time. say he was the goat i said in contention for yeah, yeah. i heard you <laughs> <laughs> i, I did yeah i think if gsp that would be the only other fight that I think that would keep Kamaru in the welterweight division at this point, right? Like, I mean, he did say if he would have skipped middleweight, gone straight to light heavyweight, if it, yeah, yeah. if Izzy, you know, oh, was still a middleweight, yeah. I was like, okay, bro, that's a that's some <laughs> big boys, yeah, that's, that's a little different. Yeah. Um, all right so i think that'll wrap us up again just to really appreciate you guys for coming on um i'll give you guys a chance to you know plug some stuff um we'll start with you kyle is there anything i don't know if you want to plug like social media or plug your gym again as you did last time yes sir um train at dark side here in houston texas if you're ever in town or if you ever want to train, snow gi, just hit me up. And um, yeah, everyone should train. I'm always a big advocate for especially young men should always train just to better self and learn the skill. Mm-hmm. Social media, you don't need to know it. <laughs> Actually, yeah, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Uh, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, so I train at Sammy's Muay Thai. If you're looking to get your striking right, look us up. We're on the north side of town on the corner of Perkendall and Luetta. Um, I will say, oh, uh, Kyle, do you have any up-and-coming fighters or fights in Bellator or one that you want to plug? Yeah, so um, Tan Lee versus Gary Tony. Woo! (laughs) That fight. That's, That's a good fight. 
that fight, mm-hmm. if you're not in the 1FC, you got Tan Lee. I mean, I, I believe they're both American. Yes. So you got one striker, Tan Lee. Very good striker. Mm-hmm. Versus Gary Tonin, who's one of the most popular Brazilian jiu-jitsu um, practitioners ever in Nogi. Fighting for the title at 1FC, I believe March, this March, or this month, that, rather. That fight is on the 11th. On the 11th, there you go. Is it going to be Yeah, 1FC usually posts, since their fights are most of the time in Singapore, um, or they have been in Singapore, they'll, like, they'll stream it live, like, super late. Thursday night, Friday morning, but you can watch it on YouTube literally Friday morning. Yeah, the next day, yeah. The next day. Uh, Bibiano Fernandez and uh, uh, John Lineker is also on that fight. They are the co-main. So that's for the 145 uh, championship that Bibiano has held for a while. If you guys don't know who Bibiano Fernandez is, he is probably like, he's a tenured guy in one championship. And he's also um, one of Mighty Mouse's main training partners. Sick. Might be the yeah. most decorated uh, bantamweight. Yeah. In terms of like how many championships he's won in other divisions. I mean, organizations. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good fight. And then they have three title fights on that card. And then the third title fight is, is a Muay Thai. Um, it's a Muay Thai bout. It's against uh, Projen Chai, PK uh, Senchai, um, Muay Thai gym. So this guy is the guy that basically retired uh, Sam A. Gayangadao, and he's fighting Joseph Lasiri. So if you guys want to see like a very high level striking, like striking bout, that is the fight that you want to watch. Um, I'll, I'll I'll plug one uh, up and comer. Oh my god. Uh, Here we go. Here we go. Can you just like edit our stuff out if you're just gonna do go ahead? Just do this. Hey man, chill, chill. He's he's an overcomer. Um, you know, he's a a middleweight, just actually uh won uh his most recent match, I think it was like last weekend or yeah, something like that. But uh Mike Perry (laughs) bare knuckle fighting. Well yeah. Hey, hey, shout out to Mike Perry, man. But actually, though, he, he looked good. He, yeah, he did, he did pretty good. Chad Mendez was on that card, too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, holy crap. He, he, he looked jacked. Dude, he looks good. Yeah, man. I was... Yeah. Yo, bare knuckle fighting, real quick. Do y'all think that's, like, the future combat sports? Like, that's going to be the next big... They're doing a good job of, like promoting and stuff i think and they're they're bringing they're they're being smart of like bringing in you know big former ufc names right and then they're also putting on like those freak show fights with like celebs the paul brothers got their hands in it now right maybe i'm not sure i think that's what i heard last time that they're uh yeah they're collabing or someone bought out someone uh, something Mm. like that i wouldn't be so i mean they probably have the money to do it i don't think bare knuckle makes that much money as of right now yeah it's not there yet it'll get it'll get there but we'll see but yeah, yeah. 
Shout out Joseph. That was that was pretty good. Thank you. That wasn't horrible. I I, I contemplated doing the Paige Van Sant bit a second time, but um, at least Mike Perry like fought recently, so I was like, yeah, let's just switch it up with the Mike Perry reference here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think Mike Perry said he want at one point wanted to fight Jake Paul, so. Oh, okay. Like I before who who did Jake Paul beat? Oh, Woodley again. Yeah, I think before the uh, what's his name? Who was the one that he was supposed to originally fight? Jake Paul. Uh, what's his Fury. Yeah, I think before that fight got signed, Mike Perry was trying to like campaign himself. Oh, right. Yeah. To get I, in, and that that was even before he signed with Bare Knuckle. So. Yeah. I don't know. That'd be interesting. Uh, but we're not going to talk about Jake Paul in this pocket. We, 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 yeah, we're not going to. Anyway, um, again, Wait, I'm not done oh, plugging. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Sorry. Keep plugging. Keep plugging. All right. So the the uh, the next event for one after that, uh, the Tan Tan Lee and Gary Tonin card is the is the fight between Rod Tang and DJ. And I'm looking at the card, and they have on top of the fight with DJ and Rod Tang. They have literally six more title fights on top of that. So two of them are Muay Thai, one's kickboxing, and then two of them are MMA. So if you want to see like high level, just not even striking or just high level martial arts, the one X card on uh, March 26 is like a fight that you want to watch. Like the guy that knocked out uh, DJ uh adriano Moraes, he's putting his title on the line angeli lee versus stamp fairtex for the yeah, she's gonna, is that her her comeback right yeah i'm yeah. excited for that yeah and then um their featherweight kickboxing world grand prix grand prix uh against sitichai sitsung pinong and uh chingiz Al- alazov um captain pet uh academy is putting his kickboxing championship title on the line it'll be and nikki holskin is going to be fighting on that card. Like it'll be this a Nongo Gayangadao is going to be fighting on that card. It's a it's just going to be a stacked card. Wow, so, dude, yeah. you got Shinya Aoki versus Sexyama. Oh, they do what? <laughs> That's crazy. And if you don't know who uh, Sexyama is, then you can Google that yourself. <laughs> but Shinya Aoki, one of my big influences so yeah yeah dang that's this card is is really stacked well man what is this like independence day for singapore what is this i don't know but this is just like they're tough fights yeah like how about this how about this maybe uh we do like a a post one fc show i wouldn't mind i wouldn't mind doing that because i'm sure there's gonna there's gonna be some insane finishes yeah that's a yeah. stack and you know what? They don't test, bro. They don't no. test. No, they don't. They don't no. test. No. So you could, dude. We, we gonna see some, some like big, some bro. jacked people, some jacked people doing crazy finishes. <laughs> that, that's what yeah. we're gonna see. So yeah. you know what? I'm down. We could that. do a post. <laughs> you know, show some show some love outside the UFC to the yeah. MMA. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I do want to plug one more thing. I'm so sorry. I'm taking a long time to do this. This is so um, on the March 10th to the 13th, the U.S. Muay Thai Federation is holding a international world game qualifier. 
And if you guys aren't familiar with the USMF or IFMA, they are basically the sanctioning bodies that are, are trying to get Muay Thai. It's already been approved by the Olympics. They're trying to get, um, they were the organi two organizations that was trying to get um, Muay Thai into the Olympics, which they did succeed in. And they've been hosting ever since like the 90s, late 80s, early 90s. They've been hosting kind of like world games and qualifiers. And it's basically the top Muay Thai competitors from each nation comes in for a big tournament. Um, this tournament is for the world games in, I believe it's going to be in Abu Dhabi or in Dubai or something like that. But cool. it's basically the top competitive Muay Thai competitors in the U.S. all battling each other for a spot on the U.S. national team to represent the U.S. at the World Games. So um, look up USA Muay Thai on Instagram. They have more information there. One of the guys that I train with, uh, Akram uh, Al-Khatbib, he's my go-to guy that I train with in um, whenever I'm in Dallas visiting TJ. I always drop in and train with him. He trains out of Saxon Jangira Muay Thai in Plano, Texas. He um, he qualified for this tournament. So this isn't, you have to be invited to this tournament. It's not a, oh, you come in, you pay a fee, you do your medicals, and then you fight. You have to have a specific win-loss record and the quality of your fights and the technique. It goes through a panel, a board, and you get invited to fight into this tournament. He's fighting in the featherweight division, which is around like 57 kilos, which is 125 pounds. So he's fighting in two weeks. So good luck to him. If you guys are trying to like see who likes gonna who wants to represent the U.S. and Muay Thai, this is how this is like where you want to watch. A lot of good U.S. Muay Thai um, competitors got their start rep at, at IFMA. My coaches, uh, Sam Mongonia and Jenny and Jen Guerrero, they got like they blew up on IFMA. They've represented uh, the U.S. at IFMA twice. Janet Todd, Jackie Boontown also represented the U.S. in IFMA. Asa Ten Pal, who's actually qualified for this tournament. So the crazy thing about IFMA is that they allow people that are pros, pro fighters, cool. and amateur fighters to fight in this tournament because they cool. really just want the best, the yeah. best of the best. You don't, it's not like pros where it's like they have already have like been established but pros that have been kind of just like just turned pro or has been pro for like a certain amount of years so that's going to be on march 10th to the 13th and it's a tournament so these guys are going to be fighting oh three, like back to back two to three like two to three times a day oh yo that's intense bro yes yeah. And so, that, that's kind of like how they do like the the amateur boxing. Like I'm pretty sure yes, exactly. you, you step into the ring like a couple times, two, three times a day for like a whole weekend. Yeah. So yeah. like the first, like the first day is gonna be really, really, really rough on these guys. But I wanna shout out to my boy Acro man fighting for the feather in the featherweight division. Hope he gets the win. Cause like he's fighting some like the divisions, like I'm seeing a lot of people 
especially in the, the men's division. I'm seeing a lot of people that are from uh, that train out of Heritage Muay Thai, uh, um, Coralie's Gym in Houston. So there's going to be a lot of, you want to see up and coming, up and coming Muay Thai competitors that are, will probably turn pro in the next couple of years that'll represent the U.S. This is where it, you want to watch. Yeah. And plug and my plugs. That's it. All right, cool. Well, we appreciate you <laughs> plugging that, of course. Jer- Jeremy is definitely uh, always in support of, of the Muay Thai scene, especially um, down in Houston and in Dallas as well. So we appreciate that for sure. And um, we appreciate you guys for, for sticking with us. Um, anybody who's watching, anybody who's here, because Kyle and Jeremy are specifically on the show. I don't know why you would be here specifically for that, but if you are, Thank you for being here. Stick with us. We got, we actually have some stuff coming up um, for, for the fight bite stuff at least. Um, and supposedly I, I, I got the, the original um, three hosts, my, my other three co-hosts, we agreed on recording this week. That'll be the first time we're all together since like August technically. And then next week, there may or may not be an interesting interview with um, a professional wrestler that I happened to meet last weekend. I'm not going to say too much about it because I don't want to jinx it because I've had bad luck so far trying to book interviews. So we'll see how it goes. But if, if things go well, be on the lookout next week too. Um, and if you are new or haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe to our YouTube. We're trying, we, we eclipsed our 100. I think we're at 103 or 104. Yeah, oh. 200. Yeah, man. We're, we're, so we're officially on the road to, you know, a million subscribers. Now. <laughs> Get them one brick at a time. One brick at a time. But yeah, no, for real. We are on the, the road to 200. Um, we have to figure out a time for Kyle to put Pal in. Uh, a triangle choke but that is going to happen eventually um but yeah please just subscribe to us on youtube you can also find us on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, anywhere you can find your audio podcast and i'll make sure to put this one out on spotify just for you jeremy because i know that you've been requesting um to to get the <laughs> prediction stuff um, on spotify. um so I'll, I'll do that for you th- this time around um and yeah you guys can also find us on instagram and twitter at large guys pod um so yeah you can just keep up to date with us on anything we've got going on this week next week and moving forward thank you guys so much for being here with us we'll see you guys next time check out the shows we have coming up until then peace out god bless go train go train